Do it. We're back. We're back. This time it's personal. Yeah. And we're back within a week. We're back within a week, Michael. That's very, very exciting. Very I, exciting. This, I think this bodes well that we are committed. Yeah. And we're going to keep doing this. And we're very quickly approaching our 100th episode. 100th episode. 100th episode. Which of you. And tacos. Woo. Which you doing some, some math. Yeah. Uh, Maybe maybe it lands on Halloween. Maybe Christy. it lands on Halloween. That would be something. Yeah, that'd I, be I mean, so cool. I, that's I think that's a good goal to yeah. have. Welcome uh, back, everybody. Woo. It's Taryn Tacos with Michael and Christy. Yeah. So today we're gonna we didn't talk about tacos last time, um, but we had eaten la banqueta, right? Yeah. It's it's last time. It's funny. I think every time we have a like a hiatus and then we regroup, we're always just like, well, <laughs> fuck it. Let's just get la banqueta. Let's just get la banqueta. Which I was going to suggest today because the the tagline for La Banqueta is... Um, Damn, this is bold. Puro DF, which is like pure uh, Mexico City. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that which kind of fits in with the movie that we're talking about today. Uh-huh. But I was like, oh, we have La Banqueta. So I made sure to get another Mexico City style um, tacos. Tacos. Uh, so we went to Tacos um, Huasteca number two uh-huh. on Gaston between Carroll and Munger. And it's like a tiny little taqueria, like in a little janky strip mall uh, that if you just, you'd miss it. If you weren't if paying you attention. Weren't, if you weren't paying attention. But they're they're for real. The tacos were legit. They were real good. I'm, I they just, didn't have flour tortillas. No, and that's fine. Like, I, you know, obviously I, I often eat flour, but I... I I have started to eat tacos on corn tortillas way more often. That's kind of how you know also that they're legit because flour tortillas are a northern Mexico, south Texas thing. Thing, yeah. They don't really eat flour tortillas in in the interior. Right. And I remember that one place we went when you asked for me because you were ordering in Spanish. The woman was like, no. No. Yeah. This this was the same thing. I was like, los de pollo um, en harina. And she was like, no. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, But they were delicious. Delicious. Uh, the the sauces were good. Man, and I just had the one. Yeah. Not playing around. Not playing around. Two kinds of sauces, a green sauce and a red sauce. And the green sauce is like serrano and onions. Like So it's like real oniony and bitey in that way. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, the red sauce, which oh, I loved it, but it's not playing around. Is real smoky. Yeah, it was it was delicious. Yeah, and I assume not super expensive. No, not super expensive. I mean, I got two chicken tacos for you, two bistec for me, which is beef, and then two barbacoa for Dante, mm-hmm. and it was nine dollars. Six tacos, not come on, y'all. Yeah. you can't beat this. Yeah, and Dante said the barbacoa tacos were really, real good. Really yeah, good. I mean, they looked good. I don't eat barbacoa because of what barbacoa is, (laughs) which is just like a, I've always been fussy. And, um, in case you don't know, barbacoa comes from like the head, right? It's cow head. Yeah. I, I, I do not eat it. Yeah. And I've seen, like, I've seen it being prepared. Uh I've seen it. So that image, I know it's terrible. I should be better, but like as a, as a kid, I was always like, that is a giant cow head coming out of a hole in the ground. 
and I don't want it. No, you're allowed to not eat the head of animals, Christy. Yeah. You do what you do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was delicious. And then Dante also just picked me up because he's a, he's a good man, uh, uh, a Mexican cola that I have never had before. Right. So you are drinking uh, Jarritos. So he went to the store to get me a Coke Zero because that's my preferred drink. Uh, but he was going to get Michael a Mexican Coke because he went to the fiesta and they didn't have it. So he brought Michael a uh, Jarritos. And well, I think most of you out there know what Jarritos are. Jarritos are like, it's Mexican soda and they have awesome flavors like orange and pineapple and Jamaica and tamarindo and like all of these, you know, traditional Mexican. And he brought you a Jarritos Cola. Yeah, it's delicious. And it has a little bit of like a bite to it. Does it taste like Coke or different? It's, you know, it tastes like its own thing, mm -hmm. uh, which I which I like. Um, and it has like, I don't know, there's like a little kick to it. It's really, really good. You can bet it's got real sugar in that Oh, ab yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, I mean, come on. And and natural flavors. So. Natural flavors. I don't know what those are. Um, but. but they are natural, so they're healthy. Yeah. This is a healthy soda. <laughs> it's healthy. So, Michael, what movie are we talking about today? Okay, so today we've been talking about this movie, getting to this movie for a long time. And so we watched uh, New Order. Nueva Orden. Yeah, um, which is a Mexican film that debuted, directed by Michelle Franco, mm -hmm. that debuted in the, the Venice, I believe at the Venice Film Festival in 2020. Right. But was in wider release this year, 2021. Uh -huh. um, it, it is... Man, it's, uh, there's a lot to talk okay, about. Okay, there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack. And I want to say before we even get started that I, I I didn't hate it, but I also didn't like it. Yeah. I feel like I was telling you a little while ago that I feel that this director has a detached eye. Uh -huh. And so I kind of feel detached from it. Yes, even the parts that were super angry making, uh -huh. and there are parts that are super angry making. Absolutely. I, I kind of felt like, well, fuck it. I mean, like, I just don't know what to tell you about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a, a I read one quote that, uh, I mean, we have a lot of quotes from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I read one quote that said, watching this movie, it, it um, I don't want to get it wrong because it's actually a really good quote, uh, that it, approach um sorry new order is endurance cinema that reaches von trier levels of walkout ability and that is from nicholas barber ah. of IndieWire. oh that and, makes perfect sense yeah, and so should, should I, I haven't maybe been this angry since uh lars von trier film wow so, okay so you're angrier than i am um I maybe maybe i don't know i it, it just yeah we'll talk about let's it we'll talk figure a little, it out okay so let's talk a little bit about what the movie is about. Yeah. And I'll talk a little bit, and I don't, I am not going to pretend to be an expert on the class system in Mexico Correct. or politics or anything, but growing up on the border, I know a little bit about sure. it. So I'm going to say some things, and if anybody wants to correct me out there, please feel free. But you know, Mexico is, is a very like the United States, is very classist. Mm -hmm. And in Mexico, and racist, by sure. the way. I mean, there are 
there are all kinds of Mexicans. There's white Mexicans and black Mexicans and indigenous and mixed. So it's a very diverse population. Right. And the, the upper class, the, like what we would call two percenters or one percenters or whatever are like, so one percent like rich people here. I, I don't know if they're rich like in Mexico City. Do you right. know what I mean? Like right. they are so there's rich people in Mexico are so rich. Yeah. That's like some of the wealthiest people in the world. Yeah. That families have family helicopters. <laughs> you know, right. like that's how they get around the city because mm-hmm. it's too slow and too dangerous for them as rich people to drive to, around. To drive around because they could get stopped and get kidnapped and whatever. So they just most rich families have security forces. Yeah. And live in like modern castles. Yeah, I mean even in where this takes place, this house it looks like a compound. Yeah, it's like a like fortress, like yeah. super modern art cool as fuck modern sure. architecture but fortresses like yeah. compounds and they 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 have countless cars and helicopters to 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 move around the city because because right. they they can and it's a drop in the bucket for them and then there is the lower class now i was telling you this i'm just going to mention it because i think it's important i think people in the united states a, a lot of people in the united states a lot of them North, well, I can't say North Americans because Mexico is North America. Right. I'm going to say United Statesians, like people yeah. from the United States don't know this about Mexico. No. And I think it's because people have their like blinders on or something. And they, they, a lot of the, the Mexican people that they see coming into our country are, are indigenous Mexicans or what we call mestizos. The word mestizo literally means mixture, right? So the mestizo is like the mixture of of indigenous and European, right? Mm-hmm. But mestizos are mostly darker skinned people. Like right. I, me, I'm a mestizo. Sure, and and at least growing up here, most Mexican people I grew up with are still am close with. Uh, that's that's, that's who you know mestizos, right? And in 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 Mexico though, the the rich people are like. Very white European sure. looking, you know. Yeah, and so and that's like, why you there are redheaded yeah. Mexicans and blonde there's, there's Mexicans, Jewish Mexicans, <laughs> yeah. and there's blonde Mexicans. It's a huge country. There's Asian Mexicans and there's right. black Mexicans. It's huge and yeah. very very diverse. Um, and that's why I think people here in the United States don't really know that because why would rich Mexicans leave their country? They control it. Sure. So they're not going to so, come to yeah, the States. They're not going to come to the States the unless, same- unless they're coming to study theater at SMU, just like Vicente Fox's daughter. Sure. Did. Yes. You I- know, like they have enough money to go like, oh, you want to go study? I'm going to go study in the States. You want to go to Harvard? I will buy you a house in Boston yeah. and you can go study at Harvard and I will pay for it. Like- yeah. And I mean, I, I think... Um, Obviously, because of uh, skin color, it's it's more noticeable. But I mean, I think if you go back, like uh, most people who came here, uh-huh. um, other than like you know the fucking like pilgrims and shit, right? Uh, and and the like the the original British, right? Uh, I mean, most of the sort of later immigrants. This these are these are poor people yeah. who were trying. I mean, trying to escape something, right? Right. I mean, my family were um, shepherds. 
and uh, the Northern Italians, motherfucking Swiss cunts. Uh, sorry. Fucking Swiss cunts. <laughs> um, yeah, I said it. I said the C word. I'm a terrible That's my person. New punk rock name. Um, yeah. Awesome. I mean, would, would essentially st- steal uh, resources um, from the South. And yeah. so... That's how we got here. Fuck <laughs> yeah, Swiss cons, Wilbur Dallas. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, most of the Irish who came over originally yeah. were, these were just dealing just, with a, just yeah. abject poverty, right? Same thing. So then, the, so it's very separate. So, so the- Sorry, the, Swiss people. The economic <laughs> disparity in Mexico is, is huge. It's huge, huge, huge. So f- understand that. Yeah. That's- and a lot of people who are, it's just true, man. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like a lot of successful Mexican filmmakers, people who make their living in the arts in Mexico uh, come from privileged backgrounds because they have the ability, just like in the United States, yeah. they have the ability to pursue those interests. Right. Not right? everyone can just go to art school. Right. You know, I, I, I so I, I don't, that to me isn't surprising at, at all. Right. And it's important, I think, to mention that Michelle Franco is one of these <laughs> kinds of Mexicans. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of Michelle Franco, uh, I said, you know, this film won the grand jury prize in Venice, which is a huge film festival over there. Uh, maybe only second to Cannes. Mm-hmm. He has won the Palme d'Or at Cannes for, um, a different film. He, he is, uh, loved or, or is, is appreciated and loved on the Uber high end European film festival set. Right. He seems to be, from what I have read and what you told me about what you uh-huh. read, absolutely despised in Mexico. Yeah, I think so. So last night I texted you after I watched the movie. I started watching it before you did. Yeah, thank luckily. Yeah, because you. Yeah, we'll, that, yeah, we'll yeah, get, we'll into get that. to it. But I texted you and I said, uh, I don't know if this is like brilliant nihilistic storytelling mm-hmm. or if it's a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. So let, I'm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out by saying, as a director, me, as a director, I, the first kind of like 15, 20 minutes of the film, I was really into it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is really, really cool storytelling style. It's almost documentary-like, mm-hmm. and it's kind of disjointed. Right. So the movie starts, and it's, at, we, we, it's a wedding at, at one of these rich people's novello yeah and rich and and and, i mean some of these guests are like the most powerful people right in In the country country. in the country like they're walking around going like i brought you a present and it's like handing them an envelope of money like in the godfather right yeah exactly um and uh, and actually that's kind of traditional in in our culture so whatever same Um, but these are (laughs) these are huge amounts of money yeah huge amounts of money and um and so the, the all these guests, wealthy, powerful, and then, and then I don't want to get too much into it, but like th- we see an an old an, a, a former employee of the family shows up and asks to speak to the, the the lady of the house and says, "Hey, my wife needs an operation. Can you give me two hundred thousand pesos?" Mm-hmm. And what did you say it was? I think it's like ten grand. It's like ten grand in American dollars, and she says, "Hold on." She gives him a little bit of money, and then she goes, "Listen, it's my daughter's wedding. You got to leave. I can't help you anymore. Come back tomorrow. We'll see what we can do." And the guy's pretty insistent, 
And then the daughter, who is Marianne, the one who is getting married, mm-hmm. she sees him and she's like, oh my God, how's Elisa? And she's like, she needs an operation. So Marianne starts to like try and get more money right. for him. In the meantime, there's there's social unrest happening in the city. Yes. But we don't quite know why. Right. And, and shit goes down. Okay, so- because I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to ask you. So as I was saying, as a director myself, I appreciated that kind of storytelling. We kind of don't know what's going on. We know that this event is happening. We're meeting all kinds of people and seeing relationships between these rich people uh-huh. that we think are going to pay off later. Yes. But they never quite do and no they don't (laughs) right and so i want to ask you as a writer Uh uh-huh what were your issues with the story is it too early to jump no no i mean i i think i think you just kind of put hit the nail on the head and then we can lay out what happens um i was absolutely engrossed in the first 15 minutes um because like you said you get these snippets look this guy I mean, he's got command of the fucking camera. Yeah, dude. Like he knows. Yeah. Uh, and the production design is beautiful. beautiful. The costume, the costuming is beautiful. Um, you are given at the opening, the very opening, some really like weird flashes of imagery mm-hmm. that establish some something is going to happen. Something's going to happen. So then, when you meet these people. He, even though it's these conversations about money and all, you know, wedding stuff, um, uh, there's, there's almost like an inherent sense of dread. And right. I thought he, I, I was way into it. Yeah, me too. You texted when we were watching Aspen and I were in that part, mm-hmm. um, still at the wedding. And you were like, I don't think Aspen should watch this movie. You know, my wife really well. Yeah. And I told her, and then you said, John's very angry. And I was like, she says, John's very angry. And Aspen was like, well, if John's angry, I know this is going to be too upsetting for me. Luckily, yeah, you got, because we stopped. And then when Good. she went to bed, yeah, I, I got, watching. I got really concerned. And we were, man, it was like the right moment. Um, and then things take a turn. My problem you hit on the head is, is none of, as a writer, um, I don't, none of these relationships seem to matter eventually and none of um even who these people are seems to matter we are given a protagonist in in marianne Mm -hmm. right um who is the bride Uh uh-huh who all but disappears um as a as a agent of anything right uh 30 minutes in and then we're, we're sort of given a second protagonist, Chris, Christian, Uh who again has no effect on on things. And I think those are my problems. Yeah. Marianne is the bride, like you said, and it's important. I mean, to me, it's important. He claims in some interview, he claims that it's not important, but I'm like, dude, not important that, that she's blonde and white and that Christian is indigenous. I'm like, that is fucking, that's Bullshit. That's like, absolute bullshit, he, he man. He says, like, that's not what it was about. Because I read a review this morning in the Washington Post in Spanish by a Mexican critic. Um, I didn't know the Washington Post did that, but okay. Um, and, and this Mexican critic very much does not like Michelle Franco and, and mentions it and says, so are we 
are we supposed to think that in the indigenous class and the mestizo class in Mexico are savages and barbarians? And because that's what I got yeah. from it. And Michelle Franco comes back and says, no, no, that's not what I was trying to say. What I was trying to say is that uh, I was trying to talk about the dangers of if we started to live in a militarized state. state. And I'm like, okay, that's not what I no. got because also all of your all of your rich people were blonde rich people who were the victims in your movie. Yeah. And all of the evil people in your movie were the brown indigenous people. Yeah. So what happens is Marianne, who yeah, seems to be the one rich person with uh with a with heart. A, with a heart this old employee comes. She clearly cares for this man. They've given her her shitty fucking brother, who's a piece of shit, and her mother, who's also kind of a piece of shit, yeah. have given this man some money, but not nearly enough. Right. She's like, fuck it. I just got hundreds of thousands of, of pesos. pesos for my wedding. I'm going to take my fucking wedding money. She leaves her own wedding mm -hmm. with Christian, who uh -huh. works for them. Who works for them. And he's like... Uh, She's like, take me to him. Right. And Christian, we have to say Christian is the son of the main housekeeper, Marta. Marta. Yeah. And so they leave. So Christian and Marianne leave. They're going to mm -hmm. go give, give this old man the money he needs. Th almost the moment they leave, minutes later, um, we've heard vague things about this protest going on. Um, protesters scale the walls mm -hmm. of this compound or this wealthy person's home, people's home and start robbing and killing indiscriminately. And not only that, they, the, it seems that the servants ha are in at on the it. wedding are in on it. Yes. Except for Marta e and Christian. Yes, e exactly. Because they're the one, they lead them in. They, you, you think one of them's going to help and he pulls out a gun and shoots the guy. And it's not just like stealing from the people who are there. They're, they're, they're putting guns to heads and saying, why are all of your money to this account? Right. Um, they get the mother, right. the, the matriarch of the house to, to, open the safe. to open the safe and then shoot her in the back of the head. It was, it was so brutal. And it was, <clears throat> it was servants like employees that we come to, we, that you understand have been working in this household for years. Like this right. is like, this is the staff of the household. And I, I mentioned to you also earlier that they did a really good job of translating, but the, sh the shit that the, like the soldiers and the servants and the people, the, the revolutionaries, I guess I'm sure to call them. I don't know what to call them. Um, were saying to their victims is, like the English translation is nothing compared like to the, the, the Spanish like, is far worse. Yeah, the, it, it's like far worse, filthy, like I, horrible things. And, 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 and you have, look, you have shots of, of sort of the maid stealing the dead woman's jewelry and, and kind of cackling mm -hmm. almost maniacally. And I read one thing. It was like, I read a review that, I mean, they fucking hated it, but it was like, okay, I'm Nobody said eating the rich was going to be pretty. Right. So, so they were still on board. Now you're, you think you think you are going to have a story about Christian and Marianne, mm -hmm. right? Um, two people from very different classes 
but both actually sort of good people, good people making their way through this, making their way through this um, because they got out because they're going to give this old man money. And we sort of see what they run into in the streets and uh-huh. she's driving and Christiane is like, stop the car. I'll drive. Yeah. So she hides because clearly he, yeah. he can make his way through this. Right. She cannot. If they see that she's driving, she's dead. She's dead. Yeah. And so he takes her, um, they give the money to the old man and then, and then he takes her, they go to his house. Uh huh. The next day, the military show, he goes out into mm-hmm. the streets trying to get help, trying right. to figure out what the fuck is going on. And he's like, I need to help someone. And he goes to the military and they're like, will these three guards or whatever soldiers are like, we'll take her home. And of course, then it becomes a different film um, because the military kidnaps her yeah. and brings her to this military compound. Yeah. This, this horrific detention center where they're, very wealthy white people mainly, right? Yeah. yeah. Or the poor Korean girl uh, are given numbers are written on their foreheads. They're abused uh-huh. um, in horrific, in ways. horrific ways. And, and essentially they're being used for ransom. Right. And so this, so you have a situation where there are protesters in the street. And this was like, we, we, this was one of my critiques was like, like you said, I don't, I'm not the type of person that needs explanations for everything. Right. But I need a little bit of context. And I, it's like these people are protesting and looting and all this stuff, but we don't quite know what has made that happen. Right. What pushed it over the edge, What pushed it over the edge. Uh, so then you have the police who are trying to keep order and putting in curfews, yeah. which makes the military, come in because that's what I was thinking. I was like, so there's the police and there's the military. And so the police are trying to keep order, but they're also violent fucks. And then the military is also trying to keep order, but then the military is so corrupt that they begin to do this thing where they just start kidnapping rich people. Yeah. And, and, and holding them for ransom and raping them. Yeah. And so, okay, so let's get, I mean, look, we can't avoid that. So, um, so one of my major, I have two major problems with the movie. The second one is actually, I think probably nine different problems. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but my first one, and I, I texted you this even before we get to the just sort of horrific sexual assault. Um, I said, I texted you early on and I said, so the revolution is that just a different group of people is going to subject women to horrors. Right. And okay, if that's your point, okay. Um, but I mean, it, it, from the get go, you know, the mother gets shot in the back of the head. The women are, it just, it, it was just seemed like various violent acts towards women. Right. And it didn't seem it, 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 to me, it didn't seem to be like, I am making a statement about violence against women. Right. That's not what it was. No. It was just, uh, gratuitous. It was. And, and then you get to, okay, so I'm going to say something. I mean, I've already said Swiss cunts, so I might as well just yeah, go, go on a roll. I wrote down at one point, this is the film equivalent of a hate fuck. Yeah. Um, and I said, so the person we're subjected to watching get raped um, in just, 
I, I mean, of, co- of course, in a horrific fashion, but but almost a gleefully horrific fashion. Right. Is the hot, blonde, rich girl with a heart of gold. And so I said, okay, so this is the the lower class soldier mm-hmm. fucking the thing that he hates, but that he couldn't fuck in normal life. And at the same time in Catholic terms, because we are in Mexico, let's not let's, kid. Yeah. Um, he gets to defile her purity. Right. And to what end and why, and why do I have to see it? Why do I have to be a witness to that? Yeah. And how is it important? important to the main part of the story which is the ransom right i mean is is that yeah i I, I mean i think that look we are shown the military is horrifically corrupt right at the top and at the bottom right right. At, at all levels okay um i also know from the moment they're dragged into this place that they are abusive that horrible things are gonna horrible things are gonna happen um i i I don't want to see it. No. And, and I don't, um, which I think is probably the reason you told me to tell Aspen not to watch it. Um, I just, I read, I mean, again, one review that said, and I, I used the word gleeful. I think I stole that from the review that said there's almost a glee in the violence against Marianne. Um, and I don't, I don't know why it's that's so, there. It's I, so strange though, because like we are only getting the story from one perspective and it's the rich people's. Yes. Perspective. Like that's the only perspective that we are getting. Right. Is the rich people perspective. Yeah. And yet there is a glee in her defilement. Yes. And I, so, so I don't understand. I, I, I don't, I don't either. I really don't. I mean, that was my first huge problem with it. And it's, and it's also a culmination of violence towards women that we've seen build up to this. And again, I mean, the, the scene with the Korean girl, yeah, I, what the fuck, man? Right. And that was like, we don't even get to see what happens to the Korean girl, right. but it's a very short, I mean, it's, Wait, why is, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and so, and again, it's what you said. It doesn't seem to be a comment. It doesn't seem to be, I'm making a statement about all classes are violent towards women or women of all classes are, are subjected to her horrors. That doesn't seem to be the inherent comment. The It's shot real I'm going to use the word. It's like that scene in particular, we don't see any sex happen in, in that particular sequence of shots that uh-huh. you're talking about with a, with a Korean girl and the, it, but do, do you feel like it's shot real porno-y? Absolutely. And so is the scene with Marianne. We have both seen porn. <laughs> we, yeah. yeah, there you go. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, y'all. Um, we're on a roll today. Yes, absolutely. And it is, it is Yes. And, and it made me angry. Yeah. Like that scene where like, yeah, that particular scene where they're like, what's your name? What's your name? What's your address? And, and she's like, I don't speak Spanish. Right. And, uh, and then he's like, but you will soon. I'm like, what the fuck? What is going and on? Just the shot. It, it was just real porno. Yes. Y'all. It, it, uh, yes. And, and, and this to me, that's yeah. So that, that's where I started to be like, Oh, okay. Um, what ends up happening yeah. is then, okay, then talk about it. Yeah, because so, I, I was real. That's where I got mad. Yeah, no. And I don't blame you. Okay. So, so she's in this detention center, right? 
um, they're they're ransoming her right. for I think a million, a million pesos. pesos. Yeah, um, they come to Christiane. Uh, the the soldiers do, and they say, "Get us like eight hundred, eight hundred thousand pesos." And these are like two soldiers that are not. These are two soldiers that are like a man and a woman that are like, "We're going to go out on our own." Yes, absolutely. So they've already asked the dad for a million pesos, right? And now they're going to get yeah, him. And then the two little soldiers go to Christian and say, "We need eight hundred thousand pesos." Right, and, and he's like. I don't know where the fuck. Yeah. He's like, I can't even work. And then they're like, well, go get a worker permit. And then, so then you get into sort of the dystopia. Like real dystopic kind of like yeah. George Orwell type stuff. Yeah. Trying, he's got to get, take the bus and all this shit to get. And so he goes and meets um, Marion's shitty brother. Daniel. Daniel. And the dad who is convalescing because he was shot in the he gut. Was, yes. Uh, and is like, hey, look, this is what happened. They came to me. They asked for 800 a uh, thousand pesos um, and the brother and the dad talk and they, they give, they him, give him the money Christian and, and Marta because she hides a lot of it in her, bra. in her bra. Yeah. They go back, they give the soldiers money. They're like, this is just a down payment. We want more. He goes back to the brother and the brother's like, you, you kidnapped her. Right. You're, you're the one doing this. And I'm like, that brother's a dick. At the same time, I kind of, you know. I kind of would have thought the same, same thing. thing. You're, you're black. You're, yeah. Ex, uh, you're extorting me. Yeah. yeah. Um, he calls, they have a, like a, a high, high up connection. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we learn at the wedding is like this dude shows up at the wedding with his family, right? With the beautiful blonde wife and all the beautiful daughters. Uh-huh. And you can sense that there is kind of like a, tension when that dude shows up because they kind of they crash sort of yes and marianne is the one that like the mom is like be nice to them right and marianne is like yeah i mean how many how many bribes has my father given this guy or whatever right right um so you can see that marianne is the one that has a problem with it right but so that's how we meet him and then he leaves the wedding early. Yeah, he knows the shit's going down. He knows down. something's going down. So that's who eventually Daniel and the father go to. Yes. And they're like, hey, this is happening. And the guy's like, why didn't you come to me first? Right. I can't remember the rest. It's very because, like weird Godfather moment. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really, really strange. Um, and so he, okay. Pulls strings. Pulls strings because he's high up, right? Yeah, I mean, super he's super high, high up. High up. <sighs> okay, so then he pulls strings he gets Marion out of prison, out of this camp. Yeah. They bring Marion to Christian's house. Christian's house. They, sh- they kill Marion. They put a gun in Christian's hand and they kill Christian. Uh, uh, yes. And they, then they make it look like Christian kills killed Marion Mar- and then kills himself. Yeah. And, and, and then they hang at the very they end. Hang they hang Marta. And you're like, so you've spent the entire time being invested in Marianne and Christian, right? The, the whole movie. Yeah. Invested in these people and without ceremony, uh-huh. without, without ceremony, without anything, they get killed like five minutes before the end of the movie. Yeah. And it, it, to me, it's like, oh, this is then the, the, the level of corruption is even this guy who's high up in the military. We're going to make it look like the poor people did this. Right. Not us. Right. Okay. 
so the we are. Can, yeah, go ahead. Can, can, I just want to say, like, so that the end of the movie, you see these people, and one of them is Martha, uh-huh. and they put the noose around her head and they hang her, and then we get a shot of that high up government person, the general, uh-huh. Daniel, the brother, uh-huh. and the father all kind of sitting watching the hanging watching the hangings yeah. and, like they're like officiates or something and i think i texted you i was like so is it the new order is the old order is the new order <sighs> yeah or, or yes i think that is part of it and then also at the end of the day your revolution will be crushed um and we will blame you for everything i didn't understand my uh, because at the end you sort of have the wealthy people are back in power. It seems they're back in power. Right. Um, and yeah, and you brought up the new order is the old order. Uh, all these orders are the same. And okay, that's a fine argument. I, I would say Orwell did it in Animal Farm in 1945. And much better. So, so it's not like you're breaking ground. Um, my pro- uh, Another, you know, sort of along the same lines is we are invested in Marianne. She becomes nothing but a a, a victim. A victim of horrible violence. She has, after she's taken, I mean, she has maybe three lines of dialogue. We just see her get abused. Yeah, and we see, there's one shot that I thought, oh, this is just fucking porn. Like, this is just like, there's a a scene where they're bathing all of the inmates. Yes, yeah, where they're spraying them with a hose. They're spraying them with a hose and it's all these all the inmates at the military compound naked, like mixed together, like men and women Uh standing in a corner of a shower. And like the military is like spraying them with water. And I don't, and then there's like the shot of like the one head military guy, like eating a sandwich or something Yeah, and watching. And there's a short exchange that I don't even remember what it was because I was just so appalled at the gratuitousness of this. Why did we need to see that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, and I mean, there, it, and, and the, the, the interesting thing about it is that clearly all of like, everybody's naked. Right. But like we get to see a lot of like women naked. Uh Right. Yeah. In this shot. And like these soldiers who, who the military is made up of like lower classes. Uh-huh. So they are all like the brown people, the dark skinned people, indigenous mestizo people. And they're all kind of like standing there, like ogling the women. And it's like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, are you saying that, that your women, like that your women as a white European guy are the thing that the indigenous men uh, want want yeah I, I, that's so disgusting to say and i feel ugly saying but no i but i mean look who look again i go back to the thing with marianne you chose for all you chose to show a sexually a sexual an explicit sexual assault gleeful and dominant in a way i mean that is shot like oh, porn. It was awful she's on you know um in an exploitative fashion of the uh, look, I I don't that actress is stunning, right? Because uh, you know why? Because she's a famous actress, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Who uh, is the granddaughter of, of, a, a, Russian of a Russian prince, prince, and her mother was also an actress, right? So there you go. <laughs> but you chose you chose to show that as the white blonde girl being 
dominated and assaulted by the brown guy. Right. Um, to, to your point, Rolling Stone had a headline that just said, New Order might be the most offensive movie of the year. I agree with that. And th- there is a lot, I think a lot to be uh, offended by. I also was baffled because I texted you at one point. I was like, why am I siding with the rich? I know, but I don't, but that's the thing. There are points where I was siding with the rich. And then there were points where I was like, well, that dude's an asshole. Right. But also I don't like what? I don't, I don't understand. So there was also the other scene in the, in the, which is also very pointed where that would they also show one of the soldiers, raping a guy yes with an electric prod yes you know and it's it's um very i mean it's dehumanizing to everybody Mm -hmm. but to like that kind of like if you're going to make the argument of like the the mexican male like machismo machismo thing to have that happen to you uh, you know yeah, I, so I, I wrote this down. I'm just going to ask you. I don't just, I'm just bring this ridiculously large question on you. Yeah. Um, are there ways to shoot um, her, horrors if, of these kinds without being exploitative? I I don't know. I, I I think I think there are. I mean, I think there are ways. Okay, so I I'm not saying that I am like this great filmmaker or anything like that. I'm saying it. <laughs> but I am a woman and I am a director and I in our movie mm-hmm. um there is a scene where there is an assault that happens and I made very very certain that it was not indulgent Mm -hmm. in that we showed the young woman's terror. Right. Um, We didn't show it close up at least. Right. I was very insistent that none of those scenes be lingered on too much or that, that we showed her close up. Right. You know, and, and I made sure Mm -hmm. you made sure because you wrote it, but we made sure that the thing that we do get to see close up and in a very powerful way is her response yeah. to being assaulted. Yes. Um, and I, I'm really proud of that scene in our movie actually, yeah. because it doesn't show her as it's not porno. Right. Does it doesn't that make sense. Yes. No. I mean, and you were very clear about it. I mean, I was on, obviously, I mean, was on set with you and, and I remember the sort of the speech you gave to our DP and the actors and I mean, everyone, the crew, um, it was to, to, to not fetishize her terror. Right. Um, and, and look, there are, I'm, I don't mean, I, I know I'm jumping all over, but like there are also movies, uh, fictionalized movies about like, the Holocaust uh-huh. I mean, and these other horrific moments right. in, in history that do convey the, 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 the horrificness of, of things without fetishizing it. And I don't think, I don't think Michelle Franco accomplishes that. And I don't know that he wants to, I don't know if he wanted to either. We did talk. I mean, we talked a little bit while we were eating delicious tacos. I brought up, Mexico Barbaro, uh-huh. you know, and there's that one of the little stories in Mexico Barbaro where, where it's like the absurd slasher 
film mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. of the movie where like the two teenagers go out to the, you know, forest and <laughs> to have sex in sure. a cabin. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, what else are you going to do? And there's like little gremlins that, you know, attack them. Yeah. Um, and there is a ridiculous, sex scene mm-hmm. between a monster and the girl. Yes. Um, but it's so absurd. Right. It's so absurd yeah. that you go, oh my God, it is a little bit too much, but it's also kind of funny. It's laughable. Uh, it's laughable. Yeah. And uh, I feel that you can go in that direction. Um, but I don't, I think Michelle Franco just hates everything. Yes. I, th- I think you, cause I mean, I think you're right. You te- again, you texted me last night. You were just like, this is this the most nihilistic film. And I, I think honestly that type of nihilism to where I, I was a little angry, maybe more than a little, uh, I, I honestly don't know that I've experienced outside of, um, some of Lars von Trier's films. Right. Um, and there are von Trier movies that I really like, mm-hmm. and there are von Trier movies that I absolutely fucking despise. Right. Um, like, because I, I think he hates his audience. Right. And also, I mean, Lars von Trier very, very publicly has said that he casts women that he wants to fuck, but he can't fuck them. Yes. So he destroys them. Exactly. So we go back to the film equivalent of a hate fuck. And like, right. this is that to me is like what Von Trier is half the time. Yeah. And like what this movie is, um, I, is that, I, I don't know, man. So let me, I read one one person that did like it, and let me just throw out right, what he let's said. Get, and, let's give them a chance. Yeah. So uh, let me get it. So this is from this is from Peter Bradshaw of the Guardian. So it's probably a, a British gentleman. It's fancy. Yes, perhaps uh, he says. Can per- you read it in a British <laughs> accent? No. He says perhaps. Uh, Perhaps there is something nihilistic here, but New Order effectively persuades you that a real-life revolution might very well be every bit as ugly, horrifying, and un-Hollywood as this shows, and that it is on the way. So, if is there a pro-argument that Franco is trying to say our idea of revolution that we might have gained through literature and other sort of Hollywood style movies is, is he trying to combat that with this? Is that what he was trying to do? But okay. I I can buy that for two seconds, but, but again, we don't get any story or background or context for the revolution. Right. Like we only get to see this revolution from one from one perspective. Yeah. And it is I'm I'm sorry y'all, but it is through the perspective of of the of the people who should be put at the guillotine. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It it's yes. It it, it is <sighs> and I think that And listen, nobody does I mean I'm not saying that Marianne of of that, that, that anybody deserves to be put through any like horrible. But then again, here's the thing. Like we only see the women being put through these horrible, Correct. the people who survive are the asshole son and the father and like, the, and the, 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 the uh, groom to be. Yeah. The groom to be like, that's who survives. Yeah. And, and so like what perspective even are we seeing this yeah, I don't know. And I even wrote down, it's like, look, man, if you want to kill the czar, fine. I actually have a problem when you kill the czar's little daughter. Yeah. And this just seemed like you're killing the czar's little daughter. Right. Um, 
and and I mean, again, we are not shown other than her being wealthy. Uh huh. We are not shown that Marion has any sort of real negative, I mean, negative qualities. No, they're like really good people. Like you even like Marta and Christian are really good yeah. people. Like there's a whole little thing where Marta has bought Christian a new suit. A new suit. Yeah. And the other maid makes fun of him. Yeah. You know? And, and I mean, Marianne leaves her own wedding, wedding to help this man. Yeah. With, so I, I, I yeah, I, I, and we're not the only ones who felt that, you know, I read another review that honestly said it's, it's, um, it's the problem with new, this is from rogerebert.com. Uh, the writer's name is Tom, Tom Riss. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry. I, I'm sure I fucked that up. <laughs> T-O-M-R-I-S Laughly. The problem with New Order isn't so much its decisive sense of objectivity or amorality, but rather its stubbornness to pursue the perspective of the oppressor. And basically, I, I think maybe that's what you're saying, that yeah. we are only given the POV truly of the wealthy because even Christian who is of, and Marta who are of the lower class uh-huh. do not side with what's happening outside. Right. Right. Um, they're just trying to be good people and, and survive. Right. We don't see anyone as who is part of the revolution. revolution. They're all face. They're nameless. Yeah. They're nameless face. Well, and it's really, I think it's very, uh, telling and I, I I mentioned this to you earlier I think it's very telling that so at the beginning of the revolution when all of this starts to happen you get all of these beautiful shots of Mexico City and you know this guy had money man this yeah, guy and he, had money and to he make said this is is his um this to date was his highest budget film because you get all these really beautiful shots of different neighborhoods in Mexico city. And it's all like destruction. Like right. it's all like chaos and, 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 but he chooses to linger on one particular shot. Mm-hmm. And it is a shot of a Louis Vuitton store in a neighborhood called Polanco, which is the, the equivalent of like Madison Avenue or like Melrose Avenue, you know, where right. it's like where shoot thesis, it's like super high end, super high end people go shop there. Right. right. And it is a, a, a bill, a Louis Vuitton shop and it's been destroyed and the street has been destroyed and it's empty and you just see like looters. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't, why are you choosing to linger on, on this particular building and not say a school or a right. hospital right, or a, a lower class neighborhood. Right. Or shops that, that like regular shops that are being looted. Like why is it important that we see this, this, and yet we don't see why the rich people deserve to be looted. Right. Or what is, we don't meet any of the revolutionaries. Right. We, Right, they're faaceless and nameless, and then we're we're quickly thrown into the military, who are all fucking terrible. And uh, and, and I'm it, fine with that. I mean, fuck them, you know. Sure, but s- yeah, what it, it it again? It's like his POV, and I, this was so again. I I know we're just. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but my what I had listed as my second major problem, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, is this to me seems like a story of revolution. Um told through 
the lens of an upper middle class artist who has no actually has no empathy for the lower class. Right. Um, and that, I mean, like, that can be an issue, but you brought up Roma right. and John brought up Parasite. Right. Who are also these, look, a lot of filmmakers didn't grow up poor. Let's not pretend right. regardless of where they're from. Right. But I mean, what, you, like what did in, you, you in, said about Roma? In Roma, I mean, and it's like, there's not revolution in Roma, but you do get to see the lives of these two women, one very upper middle class, I mean, upper, upper rich class, uh, white Mexican lady and the indigenous woman that serves the family. And you see both of their stories kind of like play out together and how those two stories link up with each other. And the end of Roma to me is like, you, these two things cannot exist without each other. And in fact, the upper, the upper classes cannot exist without the indigenous class in Mexico. Like the indigenous woman in Mexico is the mother of all of Mexico. Right. And so even though there's disparity there, there's a recognition from this filmmaker that who who is not poor by any not means, poor and did not grow up poor <laughs> by any means, who, who recognizes and empathizes with the indigenous poor class yeah. in Mexico. And I think the, and and I think Parasite, obviously different culture, deals in in does that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this just, and again, I am not saying that every movie, I'm not telling you, I'm not saying every movie that has every poor person in a movie has to be amazing and every rich person has to be terrible. That's not what I'm saying. But this just doesn't even acknowledge, I mean, that's it, why I, there's well, no but, acknowledgement of right, the revenue. And that's why I think that he just hates everybody yes, because like yes. he gives us Two protagonists, and Marianne's like the main protagonist, but I mean, but once she but gets Christian too, because he sort of takes over the story when right. she's imprisoned. But it's like he hates them, and he hates her too. Yeah, no, he does. He hates, but I mean, it, it, again, and I'm like, are they are they punished for their decency? Is that the theme? Good people are the ones who get. We're just the decent people are just always going to get fucked, fucked, and it doesn't matter. And okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and like I, we were talking, you know, again, I still think there's also a way to convey a nihilistic worldview effectively on film. I mean, to go back to what you were talking about last week, when we talked about the thing, there's a, a thread of nihilism in the thing. Um, but there's also like humanity in yeah, it. And like, uh, what's the other one? City of city of God. City of man, uh, city of what the Clive children of men, children of men. What, yeah. what am I thinking of? Children of men. I mean, that's for sure. Nihilistic. Absolutely. And like, I hate humanity and we're terrible, but there is within it a vein of like hope. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that every movie has to have hope. No, but there's also, there's an aspect of nihilism, man, we are fucking doing it today. Yeah. Next week, we're just gonna have to do like a horror comedy yeah. or something. Um, there's an aspect of nihilism that if, if everything is meaningless, right. And if there, if, if nothing is worth saving, 
there is another aspect of nihilism, which is oddly like sort of, I think in line with some French existentialists that is like, if it is all meaningless, then all we have is what's happening right here, exactly. right now. Exactly. And so yes, the world is absurd or yes, we're all, this is pointless and everyone's terrible, but you and me at this table right now can have fun or humanity or whatever. And this movie is fucking devoid of that. Yeah. So at the end, I felt similar at the end of Dancer in the Dark and then- Oh my God, I don't ever have to watch yeah. that fucking movie ever, ever, ever again. Exactly. And, and that, that, that's the only other time I felt like that. And then, but a part of me at least was like, at least I got to watch Bjork sing. Right. Like, at least I fucking got that. Right. Um, this, again, it's 90 minutes or 86 minutes. I mean, I think even fucking Franco knows, like, I can't sustain this. Right. Um, I just like, what- do you think I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something that's completely just like technical and like his little kind of references to things. Do you think that Marianne in the red suit is a reference to the girl in the red coat and Schindler's list? I, I, that was my thought. She's the only one wearing red. Uh huh. It, it is, it is. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful suit that and, she's wearing. And yes. And absolutely stands out one, because it's a beautiful red suit, but also at a wedding, like she's the bride. She's the so bride. our natural inclination is to think yeah, she'd be on? in white. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and maybe that, I think that's a great point. And I actually was like, I was like, is Marianne as like, is that name a reference to Marie Antoinette? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but no, I think she's the one good one. Um, and we follow her through the whole movie, but uh, ultimately that has no meaning. Yeah. Yes. And is, and again, is sort of stripped of any agency or even dialogue. I, I, you know, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, it's, and Cause look, even Schindler's list has hope. Yes. And, and again, Schindler's list, look, it had way more money and it's Spielberg and he's Spielberg and all that, but it does depict, I mean, absolutely fucking horrific moments in history without taking joy in it. it. Yeah. And, and I, um, I don't know, man. I don't know either. And, and like, honestly, it's kind of a shame because some of these actors are real good. Yeah. It's, and, and I mean, it's like you said earlier, like the art direction is beautiful. It's beautiful. He clearly knows how to work a camera. Absolutely. Like the, the, the acting is really, really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I thought across the board is, um, I, I don't know. Is, is that, is it Nyan? N-A-I? A-N, she's, she's the woman who plays Marianne. I don't know how to say her name. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, Nyan, uh, Gonzalez Norvin, she was great. Um, th yeah, the guy who plays Christian was fan. I mean, they're all yeah. great. Even Diego, uh, Daniel, Daniel, the guy who plays Daniel is Diego Bonetta. Uh, Bonetta, and he's like a famous Mexican actor. Fantastic. He's really good. And then the guy who plays her husband-to-be is Dario Yazbek. Bernal, who mm -hmm. is uh, Garcia Bernal's half brother. Half brother. Yeah. They oh, you can tell. Yeah. And I'm like, these are really talented people. Um, yeah. on, on look, man, playing a fucking dick like Daniel, that's, yeah, that, that's not the easiest thing to do. That guy kind of crushes it. Right. I mean, you fucking hate him. You do. Even hate when him. he's in pain, you're yeah. like, yeah, this guy sucks. Yeah. So I, I just like, look, like you said, he knows what he's doing with the camera. It's shot. 
There's some stunning images. I thought even the simplicity of the green water mm-hmm. in the sink, I was like, dude, this is ominous as fuck. Yeah. And then I just feel like it all gets thrown to shit. Yeah. Me um, too. I, so I, I, you know, look, I, we, again, it, it, there are obviously people who like it. I mean, a friend of ours loved it and that's fine. It's just not. So let me ask you a question. It's not my thing, man. First question. Sure. That is important. Were you scared? No. Yeah, me neither. No. And, and not, and look, this is, I, cause I, I was like, is this a horror film? And I was like, well, if the purge is a horror movie, this is a horror movie. This is sort of dystopian horror. Um, no, I wasn't scared. And honestly, I didn't look to, I used to teach when I taught English, a section of my class was dedicated to dystopian literature and film. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, so usually dystopian literature needs to serve as a warning or, or often serves as a warning, right? Um, a wake up call motherfucker, uh, uh, as I, I did not feel, um, roused to change, uh, Mm -hmm. in, in any way. And, um, I, it, to me, it did not serve. I know the guy in the guardian disagrees with me. I did not feel like it was a warning to rich people to change their ways. I felt like it was a warning to rich people to change their locks. Yes. Because yes, there you go. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Because the, again, the woman we follow is a, a, at least what we're shown is a good person. And she's the one who gets fucking raped and shot in the head. Yeah. So the, the message I get is the, the, it doesn't matter if you're a good rich person or a good poor person, you're the one that's going to get fucked. Yeah, I guess. So well, then what can I change? Become an asshole. Yeah. Because I guess that, yeah, because you think we have, we have hit upon it. Yeah. Become an <laughs> asshole. You'll, you'll, you'll make it through. Yeah. You'll make it through. Um, have a dick, be an asshole. Exactly. Have a dick and be an asshole. You'll be fine. Right. Um, so I, you know, look, it's, it's new order. It's nuevo, nueva orden in, in the original Spanish. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess go watch it if you want to. Yeah. I think, look, I honestly do think there are, um, you know, I obviously it's done well at, at some festivals there. There's definitely, uh, there's clearly a a type of audience that, that, that wants to see this. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not it. Right. So I'm going to say it. I'm going to mention this because I think that there's another movie that touches upon these same themes that is way more successful and scary and has a vein of not necessarily hope, but at least understanding and empathy. And that I'm going to go back to um, La Llorona, okay. but, but not... Curse of La Llorona. No, 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 no. La Llorona, the the movie out of I think it's Uruguay. Uh huh. Um, it is. It 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 touches all of these same themes. Mm-hmm. It affects a very rich family uh-huh. in Latin America, and and it is a movie about when what is what is that saying when the when the chickens come home to, to roost to roost yeah. Um, and I, I highly, if, if you want to see something that is scary, that deals with these same kind of themes, um, I highly, highly suggest La Llorona out of Uruguay. Okay. And I, um, I, I would say if you want to watch a film that has incredible empathy towards uh, the struggles of lower class Mexico, 
uh, go watch Tigers Are Not Afraid. Oh my God. Um, it is a beautiful film, a little different. It's yeah. not necessarily dealing with the same themes, but I mean, it, 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 it looks at yeah. a, the lower class in, in, it's a beautiful film. Tigers Are Not Afraid is like one of the best movies I've ever, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. So go see that. Uh, I myself am going to go listen to New Order, uh, probably Ceremony uh, first. <laughs> And then, I don't know, probably go back and listen to Joy Division. So uh, that's where I'm at. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Man, uh, we, next week we need to do something we fun. We need to do something fun. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what that will be. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Um, yeah. Be good. The world is, is terrible, but there's hope. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>